you listening to Threes from the Ring Podcast, episode 80. Got your boy Trust Sive on here. Go ahead and introduce yourself, G. Oh, it's Trust Sive. My bad. I was reading Insufferable Wrestling Fan comment. My apologies. That's unfortunate. That's a horrible thing to do to yourself. Um, but it be that way sometimes. So, uh, glad to be back with you guys. Uh, just so you guys know, there's no... NBA player worth a damn that wore number 80. So, we'll move on from that immediately. But was there an NBA player that did wear it? Nobody. There's nobody worth a damn. Like, nobody. Nobody oh, I thought ever. it was like it was like a white dude from the 30s or some shit. Nah. Nah. No, nobody wore number 80. Ever. So, uh, we're running out of numbers. And just I'm just going to throw this out here now. When we get to 81, to, as in next week, we're just going to just say Kobe Bryant. <laughs> easily. <laughs> because... <laughs> I don't care if you did yeah. win 81. Kobe dropped it. He had to hold that. Yeah, and we're going to laugh at Jalen Rose. Rose he yeah, we gotta, we're going to laugh at Jalen Rose. We're just going to probably take a moment on honor Kobe dropping 81. <laughs> so, like, we might literally, like, like both of us turn on the Kobe highlight of dropping 81 and we just sit there and laugh at some, some of the feats he did during the course of it, G. That would be hilarious. But glad to be back. Um, last week we was excited for basketball coming back, and now we got a smooth, the smoothest reality check in regards to the NBA coming back, all within literally no time at all, when, uh, in recent memory, well, I won't say, like, this past weekend, actually, where the NBA players have started voicing their concerns, and... Uh, those concerns being with the Orlando bubble in itself and also w- with COVID, of course, and the thing and also just the fact that there's that they having to play during the course of maybe maybe like some of the most progressive black revolutionary acts we've seen, honestly, at least for our generation, as yeah. I would say, and d- feeling not feeling like they need don't want to be a distraction or hinder the cause and uh but Mm -hmm. so which i'm on like a i hear y'all and before but make sure we fill in all the details uh before we get voice our thoughts so i believe was saturday or friday no friday i started friday actually so friday um I think Kyrie came out uh it, like pretty much a narrative of Kyrie being a little bit um pretty much voicing like yo I'm not feeling some of the details of just how Kyrie was feeling about uh overall the whole process. Now me on my way home yeah. from work, I was like, "Gee, you're not playing in the first place." Me just being honest. So, why do you care? Then I had to remind myself he's vice president of the ba- of the NBA Players Union. So it's just, it's not Kyrie being that flat earth head ass. It's him actually thinking in his role and taking it serious, especially since he's not playing. So my thoughts on it changed once I was reminded of that. And then the watch dropped that, at this point, problematic, funny uh, article about Kyrie being a disruptor. (laughs) <laughs> which is wild as hell, but also partially mm. true when you think about 
the Cleveland situation. But you don't want to bring the Kyrie LeBron thing because at this point they're over it. They're grown men, and we've seen them play on each other's teams on the All Star game. So they good. But uh, so that led to like a lot of a dialogue in regards to yo, maybe the players are not about to play, uh, or or is there still some concerns that the players actually have? Then during the course of Saturday, uh, little details come out. One major detail, which I feel is a load of shit, is the fact that they said that the players have to stay in the bubble area that they are that they're going to be at in Disney World. They they have to stay there. They're stuck. That's their spot. But Disney workers can come and go as they please, and don't have to get tested as often as the players do. Players. And team officials and stuff. And J.J. Reddick said, yo, no, that's not it. And honestly, I agree with J.J. Reddick in that aspect. Or even like, like that's just, that's unfair. Especially in a sense of like, like, yo, like, the people who's going to be around us probably doing our laundry, you know, checking us in, you know, stuff like that. They the ones that's going to be be able to go in and out and see their families and stuff. We don't know what the hell they bring to us. And we're the prize. We're the prize here. You gotta protect us. So it's like, I understand that. Then there was a call, a Zoom call, a 200 man Zoom call, which is, when you think of 200 people in a Zoom call, that's pretty goddamn hectic. <laughs> like just, that's pretty hectic. Where pretty much a lot of players have were able to voice their concerns. Uh, we heard Carmelo on he was on ESPN earlier that day or like Friday night saying he just didn't feel 100% all in yet. And Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, uh, notable, quite a few notable players just voicing their concerns and saying, yo, it's not necessary that we don't want to play. It's we have some concerns. And I'm going to keep it real. I'm not mad at that. Especially with the climate because of COVID. COVID in Florida. <laughs> like, you got to this. COVID in Florida right now. Uh, because they literally said, we'll stay close for two weeks and then said, fuck it. Literally. That's what happened. Yeah. And then just everything going on. With the police brutality and racial inequality, that's very heavy on our minds right now. And the players feeling like they don't want to distract it, have be distractions. And I have my own personal thoughts on that that may offend, but I'm playing both sides of the fence when it comes to that. But we'll talk about that later But <clears throat> because I want us to break it down properly. But players are just voicing their concerns. And this led to a lot of that night. <clears throat> excuse me, damn. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, but uh, that which led to a lot of white beat writers literally just saying, "Yo, some very outrageous stuff." One, Frank Isola, freaking goofy head ass clown, saying Kobe would have hung up, and to say that, especially knowing who the man Kobe is, especially. Like post retirement, but I feel like even then, fuck you for saying that. It's like no, and stop taking mama mentality, his on court persona, at, to be the same as his off court persona. 
stop it, please, and make cute Kobe make like some. He's a very sentimental human being who has a family. And one thing we do know, even after this and before, he loves his family. So he's not going to put his family at risk, regardless. So I think I just not. I'm not speaking for Kobe, but just for what we know of Kobe off court and how he feels about family and just players and stuff like that, he will probably be one of the concerns. Like it or not, he will be one of the concerns. So, whether he's a superstar or not. So, you sound like an asshole. And just other stuff, other reports, and even people on Twitter turning this into a Kobe, I mean, LeBron versus Kyrie thing. Kyrie's trying to stop LeBron from getting his rings, stuff like that. And I'm just like, what the hell are you mucks talking about, G? Like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Like, it makes this, like, no sense. All right, I want to hop in on this aspect. No, right? go ahead. Uh, let me hop in on this one, right? Because I'm getting, it's at the point that I'm getting returned. At, at this point, yo, I don't care if he is from my city. Yo, fuck Patrick Beverly. Like, it, it, it's there. I was about to it's, get and if people, I don't think people honestly. What'd you say? I was about to get to the Patrick Beverly part. What'd you say? <laughs> I, was, I said I was about to get to the Beverly uh, part. I, I, I got you, brother. So, I got you. Like, Patrick Beverly said some dumb shit like, hey, man, if LeBron said we gonna play, real hoopers know we gonna play. And something like that, right? Yes. Who gives a shit, right? The reason I'm saying fuck Patrick Beverly on that end, because he knows he's basically forcing, trying to force Bron to come out and say some shit. Yes. About the situation. Yeah. And one... Thing I have to say about that, LeBron James not ahead of the goddamn NBA player, NBA Players Association. He's not. So we don't have to hear from him on this. That's why you have a board for this anyway. He don't. He shouldn't run the NBA. I don't care if he is the biggest player out there. He shouldn't run the NBA. Even like it, it, reason it makes no sense to me is because. Chris Paul hasn't said shit. And he is the president. Wait, is he still the president? Yeah, he's still the president. Kyrie's vice president. He's the, he's the president. So, it, it comes to, like, and then when you do this, okay, all right, the Mortar Stars got to talk about this situation, what's going on, what Brian at, and then people saying Giannis is okay, he ain't got to say nothing, and, and 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 his he already talks on like on the court he out here in his field like I'm gonna keep it a hundred percent buck, bro. Nobody saying shit right now because it's bigger than what people think it is. Yeah. Like where's Curry? And I'm not pointing fingers, right? I'm just saying in general, where's Curry? Yeah. You a star, big social activist was in the marches. Why he ain't say nothing? Not even in the playoffs. So it's not going to hurt him if he win a ring. I mean, win a ring or not. He's not there. It's not part. His team's not in the 22. Heck, they happy they're not part of the 22. They get the rest. Where's Giannis? Giannis ain't say shit. Giannis about is the, the next face of the NBA. Okay. Where's Kawhi? Kawhi ain't say shit. Harden ain't say shit. Westbrook. Very Westbrook, vocal. Westbrook was, uh, was one of the players in the call that was mentioned to be on the iffy side. Okay. My apologies. But what I'm trying to say is a lot of niggas probably not saying shit 
because they don't want to disrupt what's going on and what's being said about social injustice and things of that nature. And they also want to play ball still and try to get their chance at being immortal. But my stance on it, just like you have your stance, my stance on it, no matter what, make a decision. And I support it. If you feel, what you're telling me about the, the people and they don't get to get checked, that's unsafe. That's extremely unsafe. My my main focus is players getting paid. That's my main focus. I don't I don't want players in a situation. I I don't want players missing out on money. And what I mean by that, I don't want players who who has a chance to to either make money big this year, or make money with that TV contract and things out of his business. Because Kyrie said, and I think this is, I think this is another power move. Kyrie said to only twenty players getting paid. That's a rough estimate as well. He just said he just threw a number out, but he's not lying. In turn, like I think he's throwing that round because I don't know how the amount of players actually actually on max contracts. I don't think he was actually talking max contracts, but roughly it is about twenty dudes who's like who's sitting pretty. Let me look that up. I'm just curious. I'm gonna look that up. Hold on. Uh, you keep talking if you like. But I, I want to look look up who are the top twenty paid NBA players right now. Twenty nineteen. So, wait. I think we can. Like you said, the top like the the niggas who all got maxes. Yeah, I'm about. To, I, I just found Bradley it. Actually. Cat, Hold Mitchell, on. I'm about to read LeBron. it right now. I got. I found a list. So. Here's the top 50 highest paid players going into this the current season we're in. Steph at 40, Chris Paul at 38, Westbrook at 38, Harden, I mean Kevin Durant, James Harden, John Wall both making the same amount, uh 38 million point 2, LeBron at 37. Uh damn, Lakers better not ever try to trade LeBron. Then they got a 15% trade kicker. Um Kyle Lowry at 34. <laughs> Blake Griffin, Paul George, both at 34. Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Kawhi, Clay, Kimball all get the same amount of 32 mil. Gordon Hayward's 32. He also has a 15% trade kicker shot to his agent. I see why the Celtics cannot get rid of that contract. Mike Conley at 32. Kyrie's in 31, and he's 18. Chris Middleton is 19 at 30. Paul Millsap is number 20, and he's at 30. Bro, even when we get to <laughs> past thirty, who gave Paul Mills that money? Huh? The Nuggets. The Nuggets. The Nuggets. Bro, even when we still keep, bro. Bro, if the if if if. Okay, if look. It's GM, fifty bro. niggas, G. It's actually fifty because it ends with uh, Victor Oladipo at twenty-one mil. It's actually fifty niggas getting living comfortably. Bro, if bro, I kid you not, if. But that's still out of what almost like three hundred players, or I don't know. It's a lot of players in the league. Fifteen each. Team, it's twenty nine teams in the league. Uh, times fifteen. Each team at least has thirteen. Let me just do quick maths. Wait, shit, that was horrible. Wait, twenty nine times thirteen. Yeah, about four hundred players. So that's still fifty out of four hundred. Being able to to sustain, I'm not gonna say live, but to sustain their lifestyle, 
which mm-hmm. they have the right to do because they are playing for our entertainment, that's not right. Yeah. And I think it's up to, not even up to Kyrie and basketball players come out. It's up to Adam Silver to rectify this. Yeah. Because at this point, and this is why I agree with Kyrie, it's seeming like they just worried about this fucking TV deal. Which is important as well, but yes. I know, but these yeah. are still the players that you are running. Yeah, I agree. So that's that's like my thing on all of this. The the, the dumb fan shit, including Patrick Beverly, dumb as hell. Um and that just shows the 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 the, the maturity on his side. That's the, the Chicago nigga in him. That's the Chicago. I mean, even the Chicago nigga ain't even gonna do that shit unless you were lame. Damn. <laughs> I don't even care if he is big lord or mini lord or whatever Little he is. Lord. <laughs> but like, it, it just uh, it's just stupid, man. Like real, real stupid. It makes no sense. Hopefully, uh, prayerfully. Um. You know, we can get this stuff situated. And it's not even about getting the season back. Because at this point, I don't care. It's, it's whoever wins the ring, if Braun wins, it's going to be an asterisk. If Kawhi wins, it's going to be a people going to say what they're going to say. Yeah. And so it is what it is. But this whole putting players against each other, I'm pretty sure LeBron not texting Dwight Howard, man, you messing up my ring. I'm pretty sure Dwight Howard would have run the ring as much as anybody else. I agree. This is possibly his final chance. Yeah. So, and and people saying, oh, this, this is LeBron last chance. Sir, he has a top five player on his team. Yep. LeBron can play like Magic Johnson for the rest of his career and will be okie-dokie. Art to fucking chokey. So, anyway, yeah, uh, the bright thing about all this, people are getting healthy. So, and I like that more than anything. Yep. All thoughts. So, I'm going to break it down with the, I'm going to just bring up the COVID shit first. If the main concern is COVID, I 100% understand. Mainly because it's in Florida. And if I was to Google right now, I'm sure those COVID numbers in Orlando alone is filthy. Filthy. If I was the NBA, I would have done this shit in somewhere like Montana. You could have made a dome or something. But hey, I understand Disney World is nice. So, moving on. I understand you that's your concern, especially if you're the average Joe player and stuff like that, where if I'm somebody like, um, if I'm somebody like, let's see, I'm trying to think of it. If I'm somebody like Josh Richardson on the 76ers and I will be concerned because this is something I saw on the bottom of ESPN, uh, when I was uh, getting ready this morning for work, that some players are concerned that star players will get a little bit more favoritism in, the, in uh, being protected from COVID. 
that's unfortunate, but that's also a very real reality that a lot of players may have to face. I am going to protect LeBron and AD a little bit more. If I'm Josh Richardson, I would be a little pissed if I saw Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid be uh, sheltered a little bit more. I would. I want and making sure they're tested and protected compared to him. Not to say Josh Richardson isn't like a scrub or anything, but in terms of Philly, he's a role player. Your job is to play good defense uh, and make threes and spread the floor. But that's your role. I would be a little triggered if I'm New Orleans and I see that they're making sure Zion is always covered, protected, and walk the bam. Meanwhile, Josh Hart is like, all right, bro. <laughs> or, like, let's just say somebody on the Pacers catch COVID. Let's just say Pacers get tested and Victor Oladipo is tested positive but isn't acknowledged to the media, but he plays. But let's just say somebody like, who the hell is it's a white boy on a team called Leaf. Sorry, Leaf, if you li- if you are a fan of this podcast or you eventually listen to this podcast in the future. I just remember your last name. Leaf. Let's just say he tests positive as well. And he has to sit out 14 days. Yeah. You're he, like, but Victor Ladipo tested positive too, but and he shows no symptoms, but he's playing. I would be pissed. So I understand that type of concern. Concern about the Disney employees, that needs to honest that that needs to be fixed immediately. I don't care. That needs to be fixed immediately. You and if I'm like the people of Disney World, you assign specific workers to work that location. Now they can go home. I ain't sitting to say they gotta sit there till October like the players do, but they gotta be subjected to just as much testing as the players do. They got to walk in every day and get tested solely to protect the players. Like, I, I ain't, like it, it sucks that the players may have to miss out on family. Like most of them is going to miss out on family because, for one, not every team's making the playoffs. And then I'm hoping the first round goes by fast because that's when I think they fa- like players' families can come. So, mm-hmm. like, at this point, and also just like that alone – is a little triggering. If I'm if I gotta be away, like I've been with my family for the last, past three months. Yes, and even during the course of the season, I get to be around my family at random points, whether it's home games or we have a two three game stretch where we're not playing, a two three day stretch where we're not playing, and I get to hang out with my family for a little bit. That would mean a lot. Not and now there's a positive. I'm like until like goddamn end of August September. That sucks. Like, that would suck. Especially, like, if I'm expecting a newborn and stuff like that. I totally understand. Or you have a newborn and stuff like that. You kind of want to be present for those type of moments. Or, like, I don't know what they got going on in their personal life. So, stuff like that's important as well. So, that's that's a reasonable concern. And just the fact, like, I think it's certain players with asthma. I know JaVale McGee comes off the top of my head. He He has asthma. He's a very high risk. He's a very high risk for COVID. So the Lakers might be SOL without him either way. 
they they they're missing out on their starting center. So I'm sure JaVale's gonna be one of the one of the players who's not playing at all because he's a very high health risk. Or like a situation like that. And so I don't know any other NBA NBA players like medical like more like personal medical histories. So that I can't answer. But if you have asthma, I'm sure it's like no, because literally there's a picture of what a COVID lung looked like. It looked like a damn pork chop, a, fr- a freaking fried pork chop. Nobody want that shit. Just keeping it real. So, so yeah. So like any of the COVID concerns justified. Now the racial stuff justified as well because mentally this stuff is draining. It's extremely draining, and. I'm on both sides of the fence when it comes to this in the terms of it being a distraction because I wouldn't say like, I'm think, I think most people's taking it as in the average person is going to get distracted and be like, Oh, I don't care about police brutality no more. I don't care about racial equality no more because basketball is on for the next two, three hours. And and with that being said, if that causes you to outright be distracted, something's wrong where you totally forget about the cause right now, something is incredibly wrong with you. Incredibly wrong. I'm just keeping it G real. But also, I'm also keeping it real as well. It's a lot of people faking the funk regardless. White, black, Asian, Mexican, whatever. It's a lot of people faking the funk. So, if you get easily distracted, you're telling me all I need to know. All I need to know. So, bump you in terms of that. Now, in terms of the media, I feel like they, I wish they would be a little specific and say the media coverage is going to turn more into basketball instead of police injustice. I mean, racial injustices and stuff like that yes i definitely feel like it's gonna be a media distraction but the thing is with the media i'm based off what i'm looking at based off like news that's coming down my timeline in terms of like actual nationwide media they kind of already turning it's like they're not really paying much attention attention now it's like it's still there but it's not fair, pretty much. Especially since now most of the protests have become peaceful. Like the cops, like cops are still kind of tripping, but there's no rioting, there's no looting, pretty much. It's chilled. So there, like the media is like, it's like it's the coverage is there, but it's not like, all right, what them COVID look, numbers looking like right now? Let's just keep it all the way G. So I understand. The concern of the fact of they don't want to be a distraction in that sense. And I understand that wholeheartedly. At the same time, you guys have one of the biggest platforms. And we'll also still have the biggest platform because it's not looking like baseball coming back. (laughs) It's looking like baseball is not coming back. And the NFL is probably not going to start on time because... You got mugs on Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans catching COVID too. So, 
it, I feel like in a way the NBA is going to have a very huge platform. I definitely see why they feel like they will be a distraction, but this is also the NBA where we've literally seen players able to openly protest, openly talk about these issues in a public setting. And even though the media isn't always, I don't think how the media is going to work in terms of being able to cover over in the, uh, over in Orlando, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but these players have still will have that platform. Now, in terms of protesting, I don't know if by the time the end of July comes, and I'm not trying to be bogus, but people are going to be protesting to this scale that we are now. I'm just, I hate, I don't want to be that person, but I'm just looking at it and just a very open mind instead of just narrow minded it but we don't know how things gonna look next month like in terms of now yeah fuck basketball let's just keep it g real fuck basketball right now in terms of right now june 15th 9 8 p.m fuck basketball yeah i wouldn't want to play outright no we good but July 30th, we don't, like, gee, by then, I feel like mentally, I know what the heck I want to do. By then. So, if we're talking, like, this very moment, yes. But am I going to support the players, whether they, what they do or not? Yes. Because, for one, it involves me as a black man. Like, if they were to sit there and say, yo, we are not playing F Orlando, we're not going I would be ecstatic and be like, yo, but also, I really hope that goddamn uh, lock, just know the se- next season ain't going to start on time either because that lockout is going to be lit. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that lockout is going to be lit because that CBA is going straight to flames. But regardless, that can be fixed. That's fixable. That's probably the worst case scenario. Best case scenario, if they were to sit there and sit out, there's a world of change. Like, oh, man, they actually did it. Wow. Dang, they actually sat out. Middle case scenario, well, I would say second worst case scenario, nothing changes. And now a bunch of players missed out on money. That's the bogus part. A lot of players, and and we're not talking the top 50 we just listed. We're talking rookies. We're talking, we're talking people with vet minimums who literally are just getting by in the league off vet minimums. Like, and I'm not talking about Dwight Howard vet minimum. Dwight Howard had two, three max contracts. I think the year before he had a twenty million dollar contract. He's comfortable. We're talking the goddamn bench warmers. No offense to Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple's of the world. But also, if the players do choose to play because of money, I respect it, and I believe I saw it. And once again, a lot of the stuff that gets talked about on ESPN, you, I, will, I encourage you people to pay attention to the bottom of the screen because that mentions a lot of stuff they don't talk about. It is mentioned that Adam Silver and the players are working on bonus incentives and stuff. So, progress. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like stuff that's being mentioned that's just not being mentioned by nobody. 
or just read the articles. Mm-hmm. So, in this type of situation, I encourage everybody. Yes, we're in a very emotional state right now, but to also chill on thinking off emotion as well, because it's going to fuck up a lot of shit. <laughs> just off right, just keeping it real. It's going to literally mess up some thinking. And I feel like that's why I respect the players for speaking out because it's like, I respect what Dwight Howard said. I respect what Avery Bradley said. They literally in the best position to win championships right now. But also, I respect the fact that they sat there and said, hey, this very moment, I got questions. I'm not, I'm a little iffy on stuff. And I respect it. I respect it. Now, the Patrick Beverly situation. Look, man, that's that's purely a West Side nigga being a West Side nigga, and whatever grudge he has against LeBron, bro, let's just say LeBron was not in the league. Kawhi's technically the uh, the second face of the league right now because there's a dude named Kevin Durant who's injured. So if Kawhi non-speaking ass gets to get away with situations like this, because there's talks of unnamed players, superstar players, who are saying we're going to play. If I had to, who are the superstars of the NBA today? LeBron James, of course, who's probably the, the he, who's in a tier of his own. Giannis, who is the future face of the NBA. Kawhi Leonard. Kyrie is a superstar, whether, like, he's not in terms of just, like, persona. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Steph Curry. Those are your superstars. Minus one, who's in this situation, whose opinion actually kind of matters more and that and Steph Curry, I mean Steph Curry's opinion really don't matter much about the bubble in itself because he's not going to be there. Kyrie, his team is there, but it's like I have to speak because I'm the president, so it's like he has a little more clip. I don't care what Steph has to say. Giannis, I don't care if Giannis has been in the fields. He hasn't done his his stuff being in the fields is shit compared to what LeBron has done. Shit. For the people, our people, and just what he has done just the past couple of months. Shit. So I don't want to hear no disrespect of LeBron James because he's quiet about this. Because he's probably actually putting in work. And yes, Patrick Bradley, you you have done nice things for the city. Nice things. Yes, I appreciate it, G. But bro, this is not a time to be divisive. I mean, divisive. Literally, you are the players have to literally figure out what the hell we're about to do. Because if Kawhi is saying y'all niggas is going to come to Orlando, we're going to play basketball. You nigga is going to play basketball. Pop's playing is simple. We've seen LeBron go on the court with Matthew Dellavedova as his second best player. He don't give a fuck who he's on the court with. But if Kawhi Leonard outright and told your little ass, bro, you bringing your ass, I bet you bring your ass. Just keeping it real. Outright. Now, it was funny because some people actually thought like, yo, he's he's giving LeBron a rub. I'm like, bro, that was not a rub, bro. I, I, like, bro, both me and Daytrust some Chicago niggas, G. We know a sneak disc when we see a sneak disc. We know a sneak this when we see a sneak this, G. Fucking sneak this, bro. It just shows, like, literally how Fuck different we are from the rest no, of the world. This ain't no we behind LeBron situation. This is a pure 
hey, I'm about to say some shit. <laughs> like, exactly. I'm about to say some shit, bro. Like, just say no. <laughs> Me exactly. and LeBron are, are cool people's outside. It's just basketball. No, this nigga trying to stir the pot. Exactly. And, like, I feel like that is wrong to do to me because, that, like, you make – because literally all I saw in the timeline was people suddenly questioning what LeBron does for our people. Are we serious? Like, I don't care how you feel about the man on the court, but what I saw for LeBron haters was probably some of the most wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, Wild. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, just because he just because he sent Derrick Rose home a couple times? Just because he sent Paul George and the Pacers home a couple times? Because he beat a 3-1 lead against the Warriors? That's what we're on? Uh, Seriously? Like, G, get over it, G. Like, get the fuck over it. Like, seriously, G. Like, come on. Like, I understand, like, it would be lovely to hear about LeBron, hear what LeBron has to say about this. I'm sure. But also, LeBron is the nigga that don't want to make this about him. How about that? How about that? And I hate to also be this person, but I feel like if we, why do we got to press the NBA players? Because, A, the NFL is starting training camp next month. And the NFL is a majority f- is majority black f- league as well. Uh, And they looking like those players get to get away scot-free. But we pushing the M- we pressing the NBA players? Yes, because I understand they're the most woke sport. But where is this energy towards the NFL players? They're about to start training camp next month. ESPN can't wait because that's coverage. That's 24-7 coverage of literally just sitting there talking about NFL training camp. That's a moment in itself. A huge moment. Even though the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans got COVID. It's still a moment. So, that's that's about to be a distraction, but... Niggas dribbling a football, I mean dribbling a basketball is not a, is a bigger distraction than Muggs about to report to training camp next month. That's a distraction too. And literally, baseball yeah. will be going on right now. But them players want, want all $450 million. All that $450 million. I don't care how many games we play. I want my $450 million. And that's Mike Trout's contract, by the way, people. Four hundred fifty million dollars. If I was if I was to post a picture of Mike Trout, two, three, I mean, three different pictures of baseball players, I'm sure most of y'all would not know who Mike Trout was. Just keeping it real. <laughs> so, hey, but he has four hundred fifty million dollars, and they want all of that. Literally, baseball will be on right now, but the players want their bread. The NBA, they're actually trying. But I understand that I feel like I definitely agree with Kyrie. I'm not mad at no player concerns and all that. The only people I'm really have a major problem with is the journalists. Those the only people, white journalists specifically. Those people, the only ones out because just the language and the narratives that they're trying to spin 
those the only people I have really like some ill words for, and it's really just hold a dick. Like, gee, I understand you. Your jobs are based solely on the fact that literally you want some basketball to be on. So does this podcast. But guess what? We figured it out. Baby, do what I'm doing right now. Watch some old basketball, G. It's going to be okay. Literally, I am watching the Lakers versus Detroit 2004 Finals Game 1. And when I tell you that this is some of the most boring fucking basketball right now, G. The 2000s era is probably one of the most disgusting eras of basketball, G. Ever. Y'all can talk about that. If you are a real NBA writer, you will find a way to make some content, G. You will find a way. But, G, I understand you want some present basketball, G, but, hey, if what if the players say, nah, we good? You ain't getting it, G. Be that way. So, it is what it is. But anything else we need to really hit, uh, talk about in regards to this? Nah. All right, cool. But like I said, like I've mentioned again, I am for whatever the players choose to do. If they want to, if they want to play January, I mean, and want to start playing basketball July 30th, I'm cool with it. If they don't, power to the people, G. Y'all are definitely for the culture. Whatever happens afterwards, I pray it goes towards y'all favor. But above all, for our people's favor as well. So, we'll see. But I want a lot of people who are putting a lot of this pressure on NBA players to do the right thing. Put the same effort on the NFL players, G. Put that same effort, energy into them. More, and then like more contact is going on with the NFL than the, 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 the NBA in general. And then you got a bigger stadium. And most of this shit is southern states, too, when it comes to the NFL shit. So, 9 out of 10, they about to open them up to fans. They yep. not about to have an empty stadium game. I'm keeping it 100% no, it's not. real. That NFL, shit is not they, about to happen. They will, they will see what's the uh, maximum capacity that, that that city or state is going to and allow. And they're going to put – they're going if it's 25%, your stadium holds 12,000, there's going to be at least 1,000 people in that bid. They just gonna distance them all over the place. <laughs> Probably put them in little pods. Yeah. We don't know. We'll see. But either way, you if you think the NFL is going to let them niggas not play, <laughs> I will put the pressure on them in a sport where it's like, yo, you niggas better play. How about that? Let's just keep yeah. it all the way real. Let's just keep it all the way G real G. But. I understand the NBA is the black sport, so I understand. But I feel like we need to also tell ourselves, put that energy also towards the NFL players, black NFL players. Like, let's see how the NFL will look if Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes both said, yeah, gee, we're not playing this season. Two of your biggest stars, your two biggest quarterbacks, that was your, that's the future, two black quarterbacks. We good. We good. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But, because uh, old man Tom Brady and old man Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, is, uh, I'm sorry, they, they, ain't, they ain't it no more. 
Let's just keep it real. But uh, also, before we move on to wrestling, uh, WNBA also has agreed to when to start their season. I believe they're only playing 25 games altogether. But uh, yeah, 22. 25, yeah, 22, 25 is not that much. Uh, they are getting their full contracts, so respect to the uh, that's that situation. And did they say where they playing at? Was it mentioned? Because I don't nope. think it was mentioned. Let me see if I can find that real quick. Because that is really honestly my real question is like, where are they playing at? WNBA return season. And let's try return. Let's see. The league officially announced back an agreement with Union that will host a 22-game regular season by a regular playoff format. All games will take place in IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Yuck. They going to be in Florida, too. So, prayers to those women as well. Uh, but I'm glad that the WNBA is looking like... I just hate the fact that they... I understand Florida's open. Why Florida, G? <laughs> Why Florida? Why? <laughs> like, gee, why Florida? But, but yeah. So, overall, uh, but yeah, overall though, uh, WNBA looking like it will actually return. We'll see how that goes. Uh, because I think they start next month. So, uh, respect to those women for uh, uh, for figuring it out and also doing what uh, what. The, the MLB players can't do get all their money. Yes, I understand WNBA players do not get paid as much. They do not. But they secured the bag. And it's hilarious. It's very hilarious. So, but moving on, let's go ahead and get into wrestling. Uh, Backlash was last night. And if you sit there and tell me that, that I was going to sit down and actually enjoy this show front to back, I de- I will probably say you capping, but I outright did enjoy Backlash front to back, and it was a very well put together show. Um, in my honest opinion, uh, your initial thoughts as I'm looking for the uh, whole match card. No, it was decent. I probably had one little thing that I was kind of like, eh, but other than that, um, it was decent. All right, cool. So, that by the way, this is the first pay per view I watched from start to finish, actually in one sitting. Like I watched it live front to back, so including the kickoff show. So, uh, starting off, Apollo Cruz versus Andrade, cool match. Um, still ended a little messy, but Apollo Cruz retained. Uh, did you see that match or not? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I saw it. This I really can't have nothing to say. I kind of saw it, but I wasn't like you know paying attention. Got it. Paying attention to pre-show. Yeah. Got it. Ain't mad at it. Uh, women's tag team championship match open to show. Bailey and Sasha Banks uh, beat the Iconics and Nikki Cross and uh, Alexa Bliss. Um, really, really good match. Solid spots. Um, all I'm gonna say is Alexa Bliss literally, I mean, not Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks literally put, uh, Alexa, 
Alexa Bliss and probably one of the strongest. I don't know that. But you have US Bank enabled. I forgot that literally. I have Alexa in my room, so I apologize. But yeah. Shorty put her in the strongest. I don't know that. But you have US Bank enabled. Do you want to open it? Alexa, no. You about to say your card number? Oh. Thank you. Anyway. Um but yeah. Sasha Banks put Shorty in probably the strongest uh, roll-up I've seen ever. It was smooth. It was very smooth, G. Uh, so, respect <laughs> to the finish. Uh, I ain't mad at it. Uh, you go ahead and talk because I can't mention a certain wrestler's name. What you mean? The match. Who name you can't mention? I can't mention uh, short, but, uh, short and thick with the ass. Oh. Alexa? Yes, because I have one in my house. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cool, cool spots everywhere. Paint Rush was putting in work, too. Yeah. It was a very fun match. Um, good, good, solid opener. And, my, and also, I'm just going to throw this out here. I think, uh, I think, I'll make sure I'm not getting them mixed up, but uh, Peyton Royce looked like she can be Alexa Bliss' little sister. I mean, older sister. Or I'm probably getting mixed up with the other one. But Billy yeah. Kay got the circular face. Peyton Royce is the one that go with Ben Tennyson. There we go. Yeah, but Peyton Royce looked like she can be uh, Alexa Bliss, like, older sister in a way. Because they kind of look, they favor each other in a weird way. Probably because they both blondes, but that's right. So, next match, Jeff huh? Hardy versus... They're not both blondes? Well, they kind of favor Peyton each Royce other either they look. She look. It's like a. She's uh, like a know. dirty blonde. It's not like she's not a full no, brunette. She's like a dirty blonde. But, I got you. Yeah. So Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus is next. Uh, we was watching this. This is why I think I joined the party again. I, well, it was probably the, the match before, but this was probably one of the most messiest matches ever in ter- that I've seen in WWE in recent memory. At least in recent memory, because I don't know if Jeff Hardy was drunk again or off the jigger. But that man was, some of them, it was a very messy match. It was still entertaining, a solid match. But very freaking messy. Um, Your thoughts? Uh, It was cool. I'm kind of salty Jeff Hardy lost keep it 100% Stilo with the gang. Um, but it is what it is. I, I preach, you know, let stuff play out. So I'm letting things play out. But I hate that Jeff Cardi lies. They built it up as a redemption thing because he's been called a fucking junkie for junkie. a minute. So. <laughs> but he lost. So I'm junkie like, better than damn it, the junkie lost. The junkie lost. But I think they're really building yeah. Sheamus up to be the next person that fights Braun. Honestly, Cause I don't like that. Like that's the only reason I see him winning, and they slowly been doing this build with him since he's been back. It's just beating the hell out of faces. So I see why he beat Jeff. And plus, as long as like I think as long as Jeff is healthy, that's their main thing. They can put him in any scene. So yeah, yeah, yeah. people. He's always gonna be over. That's the thing. I ain't saying like. He's always over. Yeah. So, like, if he if they were to suddenly sit there and say, and O'Brien turns heel, 
I can put him against Jeff Hardy and we're good. And it's believable. It's one of those type of situations. And plus, even though it was years ago, he still beat Jeff uh Jeff Hardy beat Triple H. So um next match, Raw's women championship, Oscar versus Nia Jax. Ended in a double count out. Solid match because I think they did a good job keeping both of them strong. Either way, like Nia Jax, even though like Oscar has beat Nia Jax in the past, I like how they still still protected Nia Jax, but also made Oscar still look like I can still beat you anytime. But the double count out finish, I understand the protect uh, Nia, but also in Extreme Rules next month, they're going to end up having some type of no fall. Falls count anywhere match or something like that. I can see that happening. So, your thoughts? Uh, nah. Uh, I don't really got any thoughts. Uh, I just don't <laughs> like that it ended in a kick out. I mean, a count out. That's it. That's Man. really much it. Don't like it ended in a count out. Anything else? Oscar, we was talking about, um, uh, like, wrestlers with the overall package right now and in a party before we get on the podcast and Oscar like I said the best wrestler of course is Sasha Banks yeah of course but we all said that Oscar got the total package except for English and even then she she's is making really it good at being entertaining yeah yeah I, I definitely agree with that so, um, since the since uh, wrestling in the uh, since WWE in the performance center has taken place, even before when they had the belts, her and Kyrie had the belt, the tag team belts. They were some of the more entertaining people on TV, Raw and SmackDown. And then Oscar just literally just continued yeah. the gimmick, and it just worked. Like I like I understand the language barrier, but she's taking advantage of the fact. Like, look. All I need to do is be entertaining. All I have to do is, even though my English is very, very mid, uh, for at least for for what we know of, is pretty mid. She's not letting that limit her from being on the mic and doing promos and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, the goal is to get yourself over with the fans and at least get your point across. And she does it screaming. I hate to say screaming because it makes it sound trifling. But while using her own natural language, her personality shines through it. And then when she uses English, it's impactful. Like when she literally slapped Charlotte the other night on Raw. Come on now, G. Like that's like that's perfect use. And just knowing like that's literally just wrestling one on one right there to me so i i definitely agree like she's one of the best overall performers and they did i feel like that's why when we get to charlotte oscar summer summer slam match i see her finally going over charlotte because charlotte is bigger than the women's division uh so she don't really need the belt like so and like oscar's doing a good job just being a star with uh a star in herself Right now on TV, so I respect it. Uh, moving on, uh, 
Braun Strowman beat the living hell out of The Miz and John Moore. So nothing really say about this unless you want to add anything. Um, uh, I am happy that Miz and Morris is going to break up. Even though I was a fan of their theme song, Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho, um, Miz and Morris, Miz and Morrison, and I was, I, 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 I rock with it, but I'm a double down on, I'm a John Morrison stand for some apparent reason. Um, and I don't know where that standup came from. But I personally believe that John Morrison can really, really, really be either a good IC champion at the moment or a good regular champion. Like I'm, I'm serious. Um, people might think I'm capping, but I, I, that's what I want. I need him with a belt. I'll, I need him in a single shoot, <laughs> not with the freaking Miz. Nothing's wrong with the Miz. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's the it's the mess. But uh, cause I'm happy he's back, and I don't want him to um to end up in the same situation that he usually always is in, and that's you know um sitting in like as AJ's not lackey, but I mean not Miz's not Miz's lackey, but he's stuck in the tank. He's bigger than that. In my opinion, what'd you say? Just stuck in a tag team, pretty much stuck in the tag team division. Yeah, you stuck in the tag team. Exactly, 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 exactly. And I think being stuck in a tag team hurts him in terms of you know him coming back to the E. But who knows his motives and the reason he came back? So yeah, I get where you're coming from when it comes yeah. to John Morrison. Now, does he have WWE main event guy? Not really, but do I see him getting like a random like a hey, just because you've been here, you came back, and all is well after the Batista situation? Because Mix Man barely remembers that situation. Then we're going to throw you in a title. We'll give you like one main event thing just because. Are you going to lose? Hell yeah! But yeah, that I want to go back to what you said. Not the main event guy joint. I want to go back to that because. Drew was born as shit. Yes. When he came back. Yeah. But he's in the main event. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but John Morrison is like dad Seth Rollins at the moment in terms of wrestling ability. Yes. And just overall look and charisma. So I can't, I can't necessarily, he don't have that look because it's him. He's a, He's a very athletic white dude with a fucking eighteen pack yeah. that do parkour. I just think when they first was trying to put him in that that light, he probably wasn't ready, and also let Batista still his bitch. Yeah. So like, it's I think it's 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 possible that they could definitely definitely put him in that situation if they had Digi Mahal run around with that bitch for like six months. What's gonna stop? What's your stop? Yeah, uh, I hear you. John Morrison. Like, you know I definitely to, you. Know I give him a full three months to bang. You know, you just give him something like John Morrison's finally a champion at WWE. Boom. Yeah, I hear um, you. And I, I, I kind of yeah. Go ahead. No, I hear you because 
Like he could he have that type of reign? I want like like a quick transition champion reign. Yeah, depends on the situation, what's going on, in like in terms of the roster. I can see that. It's also like I feel like at this point, it, like that's why I feel like I want to see how they handle him after him and Miz break up. That's how I I kind of want to see how they build him up. Because, regardless, for some odd reason, they believe in the Miz because this is his second title match this year on a pay per view. Second, got his ass kicked by Bray Wyatt without turning into the Fiend, which is still hilarious, by the way. <laughs> he whooped his ass. <laughs> he had, yeah, that was this year, right? I think it was this year. And then he gets this, and then he gets another one. So, literally. We're six months into the year. He had two title shots. So they believe in the Miz regardless, but the Miz was also a former champion. So it's like we could throw him in there smoothly and with some complaints, but it's not going to be like where we give a fuck. So can John Morrison get that? Yes. It's just how you have to rebuild him up. Because it's kind of like with Drew McIntyre. It was like if you sit there and tell me, oh, Drew was about to be a, a... if this time last year, no, not this time last year, last year, January, or maybe even 2018, whenever he came back, Drew McIntyre is going to be the uh, heavyweight, cha- I mean, the universal champion in 2020, September 15th, as of 9.40 p.m. I will probably sit there and be like, bro, how? And, and if... Drew can do it. I believe Johnny Nitro can as well. It's just also how they build him up between now and whenever that possibility opens up. Because yeah, he has the look, the charisma. I don't know actually how good he is on the mic. That's that I barely re- pay attention to Johnny Nitro promos, so I can't give you an answer on that. So, but ring work a one literally is like everything you said. Does he have it? The thing is, more than it. Like, but at the same time, if anybody can get a free, like, we literally, no shade towards Kofi Kingston. You got it. You you had a run. Jinder Mahal had probably the most underrated WWE title reign because even though those matches was not always that good, that reign was just like, yo, I can't wait to see him lose. And to me, I take that as like a very underrated reign in terms of like, A, when he lost it, I was happy. But it was like, when you look back on it, he was in his bag in terms of character wise. He it was like he was that very yeah. unlikable champion, but it's like gee, because people tuned in to see him lose. So it was one of those like a, hey, and the fact that it dragged out that long is still ridiculous. But he made it work, and which is why I kind of still want to see if him and Drew McIntyre will have a feud. Gee, I just I want to see them have a feud. Gee, him and Jinder Mahal. I would love to see that, G. But, and also, I need them bring Heath Slater back to be a uh, guest referee in that match. So, but, we'll see if that ever happens. Uh, but, yeah, I could see, like, can he do it? Can John Morrison do it? Yeah. I literally called him every other name that he's had over the past decade. But, uh, but can he do it? Definitely. Will they do it? We'll see how they handle uh, him, him and Miz's eventual breakup. Because if he goes straight to uh, let me fight for the IC belt, I don't see it happening. 
if they build him up to fight certain people and he beat Miz clean, I can see I can see it happening. I can I would say I can see it actually happening. So it's a wait and see approach. Uh next is Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Um I would say that this was Bobby Lashley's best match since return excuse me, since return to WWE. Uh, and also I would say maybe his best match in WWE history, like one of his best matches, G. I enjoyed this match front and center. Uh, they whooped each other's ass. Bobby looked strong, and all it took was a white woman to ruin his life. But, like, really good match. Both And, like, I respect how they really building up Bobby Lashley's character right now. So shout out to MVP for empowering the brother. Yeah, definitely. I did not expect this match to be this good, but I said uh, that will be a – when I was talking to the homies, I was like, this might be the sleeper match. Yeah. And it was one of them. Definitely was. Drew McIntyre, sure, everybody, that nigga can go, though. And he's just not like a brute fighter. He's really not. You know, he's showing niggas that he can go. Like, go, go. Mm-hmm. And that shit is fire. Yep. Like I, I have that shit inspired, dog. Yeah, like I, I'm growing to appreciate Drew McIntyre more and more, in ring wise, since Mania, than ever. Like, and also they're just building him up to be, dang near God in terms of resiliency because he keeps kicking out at one, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of scared for. Uh, the Bruce Pritchard taking over thing because I'm hoping it don't hurt his character because he kicks out at people's stuff at one consistently. He's like, look, bro, I'm not for these goddamn close twos. I'm kicking out at one. I kicked out the F5 at one. I'm going to keep kicking out your stuff at one. So it's like they're building him up to be like, you have to murder me for me to, for you to get this belt off my hands. And Bobby Lashley literally did that. Before the match started, after the bell rung, after he threw his jacket outside the ring after five minutes, and he, even though he still lost, he literally, we Drew McIntyre sold his character so well throughout that match regardless. And I like that, G. Like, we're yeah. getting a lot out of Drew right now, and I like it. Quick uh, hold up for a second, G. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm watching the 2004 Game 1 NBA Finals. It's the third quarter. The score is 43 to 41. Hey, man. <laughs> and also, I was back there. Gee, Shaq had 20 in the first half. Kobe uh, had Shaq, 10. Bro, I was huh. watching. I was, that boy, man, it was him. I was looking at him and Tim Duncan stats in a finals, bro. What the hell, bro? <laughs> they didn't care, G. They, they used to do get people better work. Than everybody. They used to get people work, G. But this is another funny stat about this game. Gary Payton and Carl Malone have it. I forgot Carl Malone played game one because I thought he was hurt at this point. But uh, both Gary Payton and Carl Malone had zero points. Kobe had eight, but he was four for like 13. Man was gunning. <laughs> Man was gunning. <laughs> Man was gunning. And, and Chauncey Bell was giving, is giving Gary Payton buckets too, which he got a hold. But uh, – Back to uh, wrestling, though. Uh, overall, I think we're going to get a rematch with Bobby and Drew at Extreme Rules. 
but uh, but Brock Lesnar is very much on. I'm I want my rematch uh rematch soon uh moment. It's it's a collision course at this point because SummerSlam is fast approaching. So uh, be on Brock Lesnar watch people, and he can pop up on either show as well. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, so be aware. Uh, next was the Street Profits and Viking Raiders being the living hell out of each other throughout the Performance Center. Your thoughts? Say it again. My apologies. The Viking Raiders and Street Profits being the hell out of each other. Okay. Wasn't it funny and, and, and hilarious? Yes. But the tag team titles are getting wasted. I hate to be that internet fan. Um... But they are, and it it was it was hilarious. I know Montez Ford is a great guy. They killed the man. They killed that dude on top of that car. They murdered him, um, and it was hilarious. But we murdered that dude. But personally, for me, I'm in the situation where I'm like, I need them to to make the on both brands the tag team titles. Seem better. SmackDown is better because they actually have a tag team going against each other. But each of these division. tag team titles, what'd you say? I said, and a more respectable division. What'd you say, Chris? I said, a more respectable division. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, and it's, I guess it's because the roster is smaller, but, but I don't, I don't see that as an excuse for anything, in my opinion. Um, they need to. They need to uh, fix this, bro. Like now. Would you say they should do it how they're doing the women's tag team belts? First, you 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 unite the tag team because the rosters. Like I think I'm. I think the bigger problem is, and we will talk about my thoughts. Was I enjoyed? It was funny, hilarious, but Raw's tag division is literally nothing but the Street Profits and Viking Raiders. They have really nobody yeah. to really fight. Because Akam and Yakum is gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And Whichever. I, I personally understand. I understand why it's separated. Like, I understand why the tag teams have been separated. But if you don't have that big of a roster. Yeah. At least with certain belts, no you kind of need. Like, your tag team division, I think, for the best, for time being now, you might need to combine them. Like, I will, and this is me saying because I want to see Street Profits versus New Day at SummerSlam. I would love to see that. We literally two black two black tag teams going against each other at SummerSlam. Second biggest pay per view in WWE would be monumental. I would love to see that. G. So that's me throwing that out there. But also, it will allow for more tag, like at least more tag team matches. At least, at least for the belt. Because I understand you don't like the Street Profits is a valuable tag team, and the Viking Rays is a very valuable tag team. They're both faces, and that's why they're treating their rivalry rivalry right now like this. Because it's just like you know what, it would suck to have one of them lose. So, but I wouldn't be mad if they just had a a classic how Edge Edge and Christian the Dudley Boys and Hardy Boys thing, where it's just like. Look, we're going to rotate the belts between these three niggas. And that's these three group of niggas. And it's fine. But I think if they were to just say, okay, look, 
We already lost another tag team with the Forgotten Sons. The Usos is hurt. And uh Yakum and Yakum hurt. Yeah, the other yeah, the, 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 them them uh them big niggas are hurt. Uh, one of them is hurt. Uh Miz and Morrison's about to break up. So off the top of my head, we got the current tag team champions of both brands, the Street Profits and the New Day. Uh the Viking Raiders. Uh even though Miz and Moore are still together, let's just assume they might stick around a little longer. A little bit longer. <laughs> um and then we also have the and then uh I'm just this thing just slipped my goddamn mind. Um Oh, we got, Shinsuke, Shinsuke we got and Cesaro. And, um, Shinsuke and Cesaro. There we go. So, that's five teams right there. And that's just off the top of my head. So, it might be for the best for the time being until you can re-expand the roster. You make the tag team titles. You just have one set of tag team titles. And that you can go interbrand for the belts. Just like how they do the women's. Yeah. I think that's the best thing to do because you have at least you have five tag teams right now off the top of my head. That's just off the top of my head. And then feel free to throw NXT in there because honestly, who the hell are the NXT tag team champions right now too? Uh, uh, the Imperium. And they have, and I haven't seen the belt since they won it. The Walter so, niggas. Well, yeah, that, the Walter niggas. You know, the Stallion. Yeah, I know. So, the, but the like, Stallion we lost it with Thatcher. And, yeah. yeah, so we haven't seen them. I haven't seen Imperium on NXT, even though they be on NXT UK. But I haven't seen them at all on NXT since they won it. And watch when this, by the time this episode come out, watch them be on NXT this week, which piss me off, but... Yeah. yeah, but I, I get where you're coming from. It's like, but it's just, it's really no tag teams to, for like either, for either brand. Like it's safe to have it on a new day because it's the freaking new day. And then with the Street Profits, they're extremely over. You want them and you want them on TV and you might as well just put the belts mm-hmm. on. So it's one of those safe things to see. Devin George just literally went up for a dunk and he broke that motherfucking so goofy as hell. But um, but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. But once again, back to the segment. I mean, this little moment in itself. It was hilarious. Uh, a character Zawa got involved and uh brought a motor a ninja motorcycle gang and he brought a very big nigga uh with him and it was very interesting <laughs> in that aspect. But uh, but yeah, funny segment, funny moment. Um, it was fun to see decent little change of pace of things. But maybe it's like they need to look at what they want to do with the tag team titles right now. Honestly, so uh, moving on, last match, uh, the greatest wrestling match ever: Edge versus Randy Orton. Uh, and in that community was saying it was too long. Um. The amplified crowd noise messed things up and made it seem very weird. But I will say this. This was a really solid match. It was a really good match. 
greatest? No, but I would say it gave like I could tell this is one of Edge's best work. Not and you know he's been gone, but like some of his best work since he was been healthy, healthy. Like they say, it's prime. And Randy Orton was in his bag this whole match in every way possible. He was in his bag. Yeah. And, like it was dope to see them just use uh, other uh, bless you other wrestlers finishers and stuff like that. That was fun to see. Uh, very uh, NXT like, and we'll talk about that in a little bit after we talk about this match. Uh, but it was really good to see Edge just go deep in his bag because I've seen him do moves he haven't seen done in years, like the Edge Matic, uh, the Education, uh. And what else he had? Only thing he didn't do was the uh, downward spiral, which was his original finisher. That was the only thing he didn't do. But uh, great match, good storytelling. Randy Orton is literally the god of just being a ring technician of this current of like the current roster. Like nobody knows how to just work the ring overall than him. And Edge just did a good job showing that he still really has it. Like. Overall, it was a really fun match. Really, really good match. Um, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Uh, fortunately, Edge did get hurt. I think it, I would say it was during the second RKO. When he took the second RKO was when he got hurt. Because um, you can tell... I don't think I sent you the picture. I'll put it in the group chat. But uh, you can tell... Uh, you can see a bruise under his arm. And I'm like, yeah, that's the tricep. So I don't know if it's like torn, torn. But he did injure that motherfucker. So, uh, press up the edge. But really great match, though. Uh, and it ended with a Randy Orton punt with a thigh slap. So, you know what that thigh slap means. was a nice little, slight little diss. So, uh, Randy Orton was definitely in his bag in many aspects. But uh, your thoughts? Yeah, amazing, amazing match. I think they did a fantastic job. And I think that the storytelling was on point. Couldn't be much better. Um, was it the greatest match of all time? Wrestling is subjective, so who the heck cares? Um, for me, that that ploy ain't have no... That title ain't make me think anything different from the match. I don't yeah. go that far because it's, it's not that different. Um so yeah, I'm okay. Randy Orton just punted Christian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that Randy Orton back on his punish shit. Yeah, G, he punted Christian G with the thigh slap. The thigh slap is, I think, it's here to stay, G. <laughs> Yo. He, he yeah. the, yo, this nigga Christian is back in CTE world, G. Oh, yo. Hey, boy, Randy Orton back on his punt and shit? Yo. Yo. Hey, Why go. is he looking at Christian like this, bro? <laughs> He's looking at this. Yo. <laughs> G. Yo, Randy Orton. G. <laughs> when Randy Orton's in his heel bag, bro. You have to respect it, G. You have to respect it, G. Why is he coddling him, telling the man he's sorry? Randall Keith ordered, G. 
told them, I understand why you came here. Man. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, proceed, G. Go continue to talk about uh, the match. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, I, I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and yeah, let's, uh, it shows the difference that you can still have a OG type match. And what I mean by OG, you can have that match that, um, not necessarily people hate that slower paced match, but it can slap. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, it was good. Like this cookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like I don't. I think people just spoiled, and this we could just start transitioning into Randy Orton going against NXT style of wrestling or just, I would say, the current state of wrestling as a whole, because this goes towards AEW yeah. as well, uh, where it's more like a bang, boom, bang, 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 pow, boom, boom, pow style of wrestling, where it's just like it's very little selling and no like no really slowdowns for the fans to just really embrace. And like, I understand where Randy Orton's coming from, because if you, so, pretty much, Randy Orton went on on an interview and said he's like he feel like he could help NXT in aspects because of just like he calls it car wreck style of wrestling. And even though I love those type of matches because it feels like a video game to me, uh, at times I do appreciate the older style because that's what I grew up on, and the current state isn't a bad thing. But I understand his concern, and because like Randy Orton is literally about to be forty, and he's still putting on five star matches, still putting on five star matches, and he's, I would say, arguably has one of the worst shoulders in the world. And literally, I played football, and his shoulders are worse than mine, because that nigga dislocates a shoulder, and he's gone. So, but, um, but he still has found a way to have a long lasting career. So I understand where Randy's coming from in a sense of like he kind of wants, and this is him caring about their futures. Is like he wants them to have longer sustaining sustainable careers because it's just like, look, man, if you're sitting there doing freaking all these, doing the whole goddamn finisher tree on smack on the SmackDown games as regular moves, it's like, gee, what's sellable and what's not, which I understand. So, but. Uh, but a lot of people, I think, is going to lead to a eventual, uh, to an eventual a let's see, uh, Randy Orton NXT, which will be fun as hell. Like I would love to see that, uh, because at this point, after the Edge situation and just punning Christian to God, um, it's really not much he can really do unless they about to have him fight McIntyre, which would be cool as well. I would like that actually. Um, yeah. But it's not really much that you can really put Randy Orton into. So I would like to see him in NXT for a short term like they did with Charlotte. Have a have a match with Ciampa, of course. Adam Cole would slap. Or even Gargano, something like that would slap. So it's like one of those type of situations where it's just like, hey, we had, like, you could throw in some dream matches. But I get where uh, Randy Orton's coming from as well, too. So, 
uh, your thoughts. Uh, it's Randy Orton. At this point, I think he's showing everybody, I do what the fuck I want. Yep. <laughs> he's he should have been suspended. He should have been forever fired a long time ago, people. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. But, like, that shit between him and it, it's I think it's right under the bridge. Yeah. It's Chompa being a locker room leader and it's Randy Orton being a dick. And it is what it is. Randy Orton plays that I'm a dick role very, very well because he's probably one of them dudes that's actually a dick in real life. Boom, nigga. So, all in all, Shout out to um to uh to 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 um Orton in the game. I mean, shout out to Orton for doing a leg slap and shit like that. Um, and then shout out to um for uh what's the heck is this nigga name? Um, what is this nigga name? What is this nigga name? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa for taking it like a G. Yeah. Non shout out to the revivals for being bitches throughout the whole pay per view, but you know. That's yeah, first I'm like, you, I wasn't really gonna give them niggas that many bars. I'm like, look, they want Jericho podcast not being goofies, but they just had to go on Twitter and just be goofies, G. Um, but hey, you guys about to lose to the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks need a victory because I can't take them seriously in their own company and you taking ales. Um, but yeah. Um, get ready to lose to Young Bucks, and then get ready to lose to Dark Order, uh, and then you guys will eventually get the tag team belts. But yeah, hold that, my niggas. But um, yeah, that's it in terms of wrestling. Nothing else to really add. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. Of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Three S from the Ring. Be greatly appreciated. Um, much love, support, of course. Uh, whatever platform you listen to the podcast on, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow. Be greatly appreciated. And also, just know, YouTube coming real soon, sooner than you think. So, you'll see little snippets. Well, I won't say snippets, because snippets is so short. But you'll see clips of uh, podcast uh, episodes on YouTube. So, be on the lookout for that. But we appreciate you guys for listening, and peace. Peace is in.